Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 134 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Burchill. And I'm Chris Byrne. As always, it's meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts. And what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views. Although we do look into some of the items that you ask us to look into. If you'd like to support the podcast, and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. And like I say, a big thank you this week to Deep Red, Doreen De Doblo, Alan, Caroline Kay, Liam Kelly and Gary Gray. So thanks very much to, to all you guys for your support in the last two weeks. Thanks, guys. OK, we start off with news. It's going to be a pretty busy show today. As you know, we've gone to every two weeks just for the winter season. And Darren was on to you during the week. Yeah, Darren sent us in a quick message. He says, hi, guys. Something I spotted online. He said, keep up the good work. Love the show. So Darren sent us a link from the Connacht Telegraph. So they have a, a story there um, that was updated. It was sorry, it was published on Monday, just gone and updated today on the 1st of December. So the headline is campervan strategy is needed for County Mayo. And the article goes to say the need to put in place a strategy for campervans in Mayo has been raised again by a local councillor. Campervans, said councillor Peter Flynn, are a reality of the tourism product for the whole country. And the council has an obligation to set out how it's going to deal with this growth industry, whether privately or through local authority. He said there is no strategy, he told the meeting of Mayo County Council's tourism committee. And every summer there is chaos. He said problems are persisting into the winter as private operators aren't opened. Campervans were parking up at the quay in Westport, he said. And given the length of their vehicles, they were inevitably impeding access to footpaths. He had spoken before about Ayers stopover facility for campervans and other councillors had promoted them and they were working very well. He said there's a real opportunity for Mayo Council and locations right around the country and these facilities um, would benefit uh, any place they were anywhere they were put, Councillor Flynn, Flynn said. So there's a little bit more to that article, but look, fair play to um, Councillor Flynn for, for raising this and uh, it's good to see more stories and I know Mayo is very, very popular. And do you know what I noticed? Because I've got two more stories for you similar about positive attitude towards campervans. And it all seems to be up north and northwest of the country that those councils seem to be saying, do you know what? I don't know whether they're saying, do you know what? We have a problem and let's get to the root of it. Or if they're saying, do you know what? I can see the potential in what motorhome and campervan people will spend in our towns and villages but they're positive news stories. So that one is from the Connect Telegraph. Now, a potential campervan parking site in Monaghan was discussed at this month's municipal district meeting. Now, Northern Sound covered this on one of their local shows, and they say that the issue was discussed at this month's monthly meeting, but there were different views among councillors. And I actually got a grab from Northern Sound's um, webpage. So Eddie Butler has this report on the Monaghan Municipal District Council talking about the opening of a campsite near Rossmore Forest Park. Here's Eddie's report. The Municipal District has been working with Quilcha to upgrade facilities at Rossmore Forest Park over recent years. Local councillor Sean Conlon this week proposed the MD engage with stakeholders to see if a camper van parking site in the area would be feasible. He called for the MD to explore the possibility but said all options for the running of it should also be looked at such as a public-private partnership or a private operator. 
He says Monaghan needs to do more to capitalise on its tourism potential. We do lag behind the rest of the country quite dramatically regarding um, tourism footfall, visitor traction. We have some absolute star locations. Um, However, we need, I believe, something additional such as what I am proposing to bring people into our county. However, some councillors raised concerns about the plan, with Cahirlach Seamus Trainer saying the provision of a site like this should be left to a private operator and not the local authority. Councillor Podge Connolly says he's not opposed to plans for a caravan park, but Rossmore is the wrong place for it. You, you, you take a look there, like, I mean, Rossmore Park, it, it, it's absolutely buzzing at the minute. You, you know, like, we're almost at capacity in the park, and people are really enjoying it for what it is. And to try to mix that in with caravanners and people coming you know, out for their recreation during the day. The motion was supported by councillors after a vote by three to two. So mixed views there, Chris. I know, look, opinions vary and some councillors are going to say yay and some may say no. But it's great to see that people are beginning to realise the potential money-making opportunities for towns and villages from motorhomes and campervans. Yeah, I think pre-pandemic, there were certainly we were less conspicuous, I suppose. And now more and more councils are starting to, to speak to campers and campers are starting to get a bit more vocal and speak to councillors, which is great. Um, so I think the more we promote it, the more we speak to councillors, the more people we get on board, because you're dead right, Aaron. It is kind of some people are in favour of them, uh, favour of them, and some people may not be aware of them as, as, as such. And may not be as supportive but mm-hmm. I, I think if we continue to promote camping in a positive way we'll get more people on board which will in turn um get more facilities get, yeah. in the long run well highland radio again we're up north again up north of the country constructive feedback from donegal caravan and motorhome users there's been a lot of constructive feedback as it relates to the Donegal Caravan Camping and Camper Van Study, which was carried out recently during this year. The study, commissioned earlier this year, set out to assess such facilities in the county and to determine whether if additional sites could be established. A range of submissions from various sector groups and general public were compiled as part of the study. Now, some councillors were of the view that the study should have been passed at yesterday's, which was last week's sitting of Donegal County Councillor. However, it was postponed until next Monday. Now, Councillor Nicholas Crossan feels that this is a waste of time. And in fact, I've got another grab courtesy of Highland Radio. So if you take a look or take a listen to what Councillor uh, Nicholas Crossan had to say about this. A very comprehensive report was carried out with the tourism sector, caravan camping sites, uh, and throughout Donegal. And we in Donegal now must capitalise on this new tourism, uh, relatively new tourism project that is coming in there in the show and indeed Donegal, the, the, the camper van. It's bringing in a lot of revenue. It's bringing in uh, revenue for, for the camping sites, the overnight stays and for the businesses. So it has to be welcome, Catherine. In the meeting, in the latest meeting, Director of Services Gary Martin alluded to the fact that the council isn't really the place for running these types of sites. But he was more alluding to the fact that someone or a company or the private sector would need to take it over kind of thing. I think it's a combination of both. We, we have a council owned one in Montgrana, which is very, very successful, holding eight or nine uh, overnight stays. 
Uh, we have electricity on there, we have Wi-Fi on there, and it's, it's been used summer and winter, and it's, it's beneficial to, to the businesses in Bonkrana. Uh, I think that Donegal County Council can operate something like that, but we're also asked the private sector, There is there, there's a business on it, and we'd like the private sector to get involved in that, and there, as, as we say, there's an awful lot of car, camp, caravan and camping sites throughout Donegal, well established, and I'm sure they're looking to get in on the, the action as well. And I'm sure from your perspective, this study would need to be out there in the public domain, implemented sooner rather than later, ahead of what will be undoubtedly another bumper tourism season with staycations and the like. Yeah, we we had hundreds of observations coming in for it, Catherine. So I think that the tourism sector had a fair say in it. And all I want to do is get a state of march in other counties and get this they get this uh, that Donegal is open for business and, and for and for overnight stays like this here, and I, w- I would I would uh, think that it certainly won't be passed next Monday. But I just thought if we had a, it's another week wasted on it, as far as I would be concerned. So again, Chris, at least it's another county council chatting about the possibility of supplying, be it air type or campsite facilities. That has to be a positive thing. Yeah, and if any of the listeners has any connections with different politicians, you know. Just let them know that there's a lot of positive stories out there mm-hmm. to share uh, about camping in Ireland. Yes, there's always the, the small few that ruin it for everybody else, but um, by far we need to be more vocal, the, 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 the good, ordinary, decent campers, you know. I have mentioned this before, and I don't think it's something that we... I'm not going to say we condoned it, we didn't really support it, but, you know, recently in the news, the truckers took to Dublin City and brought it to a standstill. Is that not something that motorhome owners should think about doing? Bringing the capital city a demonstration to Dáil Éireann or the Tourist Information Head Office or wherever. Do you think that could be a good thing or a bad thing? I know the truckers pissed off a lot of people, but equally, a lot of people said, well, look, we do need them and they are being hammered A, B, C and D. Do you think that we're not as important as them that we might just pee off a lot of people more so than get support if we did something like that? Here's my opinion on this, Aaron, right? The farmers and the truckers, mm-hmm. that's their livelihood the government are messing with. They True. make a living with it. It's affecting their livelihood. The camper vans and motorhomes are a recreational vehicle. There are a lot of people, non-campers out there, mm-hmm. who dislike motorhomes. You're just mm-hmm. going to make them more angry and I think we need to catch more flies with honey in this case. Okay, okay. Because it's just, uh, you know, when I saw the truckers and I don't know how successful it'll be, I know it got positive press and it got negative press. And I know I've been on the radio throughout this year and last year. And it's all been, well, 50-50 because obviously the radio stations obviously have to have somebody on that's against us while we're speaking for us. But I was just wondering, is, is that what it's going to take? It worked in France. It worked in Italy. But I take your point the truckers have support because they supply us and it's their livelihood. The same with the farmers, whereas with us, people would probably be saying, who the fuck do you think you are with your bleeding motorhome? So, yeah, maybe that isn't the way to go. But look, it's positive news this week on the show. And again, as Chris said, if you guys know any people in power or local politicians or local councillors, please do have a chat with them. Keep the tone on, keep, keep it cool. And just like, come on, lads, what are you doing? I'm still fighting here in Carrigan Shore. 
I'm glad to say it's not falling on deaf ears because there is a development plan going on, but we need people. And we know a lot of you because we get emails from you are fighting with local people, be it in Waterford, in Navan, in Mead and places like that. Keep up the good work because if we ease off at all, I think they'll just forget about us. Yeah, it's not going to happen overnight. We just keep picking away at it and, you know, eventually more campsites will open up. You know, we'll get to a point where, you know, there'll be, something for everybody in every mm-hmm. county outside the Please major go. towns and village and tourist resorts you know and again thank you to northern sound and to highland radio for uh the grabs that we, we grabbed off their website thank you very much right listeners messages and follow-ups what have you got chris so we spoke a few weeks ago Aaron. you remember we got a, a request in for information about eu roaming so david got in touch with us regarding that conversation and came up with some really valuable information for anybody thinking of heading into Europe. So I'll read the mail. Uh, It's a little bit lengthy, but I think he makes some really valid points. So I'm going to read it all because I think it's definitely worthwhile for anybody considering heading over. So Dave says, hi, folks. I would just like to let you know some of my personal experience on using data roaming in and outside the EU, some good and some not so good. Before the EU tackled this thorny subject, getting online while away from home was both difficult and expensive. But as we all know, the situation has improved dramatically in recent times. He says, my mobile service provider is Tesco Mobile. I have a 20 euro SIM only monthly plan that gives me 20 gigs of local data and just under 11 gigs while roaming. There is a current offer that will allow that to be upgraded to unlimited data, but I'm not sure what the implication is while roaming. It is worth remembering that if your holiday crosses the month end, then your data allowance allowance renews. This always applies to us uh, in practice, as we tend to head off the third week in August. I have found that while away, we typically use around eight or nine gigs of data every two weeks. That is where the month end renewal comes into play. We travel with two tablets and a laptop, and of course, two smartphones. We don't stream films, but other than that, I would have thought our usage would be fairly typical. We use the phone hotspot to connect to these devices. So it's a, a good tip there. If you go when your contract is due to roll over, that will give you uh, an extra month's data roaming. So he said, prior to the introduction of EU roaming, I used the Huawei portable Wi-Fi hotspot device. And that was about £70 from Amazon and very widely available. It's a battery op- operated device and it'll provide internet access for a number of devices at the same time. It's also small enough to slip into a pocket, enable it to be used when you're out and about. Your device is connected in exactly the same way as you do from your home Wi-Fi. The options for use here are to buy a SIM card locally when you arrive in the country or buying a SIM card before you travel from a company like Leica Mobile. He said Leica Mobile have SIMs for numerous permutations that can be used in specific countries or SIMs that will work in many different countries and also with various amounts of data. I used the Leica mobile SIMs without issue in the past and I found them to do exactly as promoted. However, with EU roaming available now, I have found the need for them uh, is less, so I just purchased a local SIM if we need to go outside the EU. Regarding data usage in countries such as the UK and Switzerland that are outside the EU, 
If not properly taught through, this can result in some nasty surprises. On one occasion, having stayed overnight in a car park in Konstanz, Germany, I turned right on exiting the car park to find myself at a checkpoint crossing into Switzerland. The 15 minutes or so in Switzerland, phone activity added nearly 10 euros to my out-of-bundle charges. When travelling in that part of Europe, you certainly need to be aware that there may be times when additional, when you can either accidentally or for convenience cross into Switzerland, but by not turning off data roaming, you can incur significant additional charges. I have not had any problems buying local SIMs in the UK or Switzerland when needed, um, or if required the Netherlands, Germany, Luxembourg, or Belgium or Spain, you can also get them. Not the case in France though. It is worth noting that it is well nigh impossible to buy a local SIM card in France. This is because in France, a SIM card can only be purchased by a French resident. Should you need to get one, the only way is to purchase one before you travel from a business such as Leica Mobile. Regarding maps and navigation while traveling, for nearly 10 years, I've been using the Sidejic GPS navigation. You can download the individual country maps prior to traveling and no additional data is used when traveling. The maps are updated four times a year and I have been well pleased with them. Needless to say, there will be the occasional hiccup that all navigation systems are prone to, but with a bit of common sense, you can avoid major pitfalls. I use it on a 10 inch tablet that sits in the middle up front and both of us have a good view of where we're going. There are many aspects of Sidejic that I actually prefer to Google Maps. In fact, they actually do a motorway ver a motorhome version, but that is on annual charge rather than a one-off payment. Anyway, as I said, these are my personal experience and your mileage may differ. Hopefully there might be something in there that might help someone. All the best, David O'Doherty. So on a uh, big thank you to David. There's lots well of really done, useful yeah. information in there. So you might have to listen to that uh, read out a few times. Yeah, but the Leica Mobile seems to be the thing to go because I think a lot of our listeners would be going to France quite a lot. Uh, Switzerland is on my card. It definitely is on my bucket list for driving uh, and indeed the Netherlands. Germany, Luxembourg, Belgium, not so much and I'm never going to Spain again. But definitely for next year, 2022, that's something I'm going to look into the SIM card and buy it before we go. But David, an absolute brilliant bundle of information there and on the sat nav as well because i tend to just use google maps but maybe that cynic is something that we could look into the gps navigation yeah and i've i've used the tom tom in the past and again you can download the maps and uh i suppose one thing to notice there there's different plans like so if you were on a good plan with good data and some good roaming if you're only going to france or europe for a week or two you probably won't need to like a mobile but mm -hmm. if you're heading off for a month or two for the whole summer and you're going to be traveling all around France and you're better off to get either a Leica mobile or, you know, uh, somehow a SIM card that's local to the country you're traveling in. And that way you're not going to um, have problems with your own SIM card when you get back. But the best thing to do, even if you are only going to France or somewhere for two weeks, ring your provider here in Ireland and check what are the details of your data package. Tell them, look, I'm going to France. And just when you're there, don't be using it for Netflix. Literally just use it for checking in on your multimedia and and texting and stuff like that. Yeah, great mail, David. Thanks uh, so much for that. So, Aaron, that brings us to Charlie and me. 
Uh, well, last week, of course, because we're on every every two weeks, last week saw the final stop, stop three of our winter trilogy, which was Desert Farm in Clonakilty. So that's up there now if you want to go on to youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. Now, here's the way it's working. The next two Fridays are van build with thanks to our friends at Gary's Glue. You know, we're doing the Overlander. So the next two Fridays are van build projects. Then we have our final campsite review of 2021 which is season four which is blarney caravan and camping park a revisit in fact myself and chris our families were there just a couple of weekends ago so that's the final campsite review then during december during the tail end of december into january will be van bill videos while we get out camping please god in the new year so at the moment stop three of our winter trilogy is up there from last week after this show um, at about eight o'clock, quarter past eight, a video will go live about the Dynasty gas heater, which we are just about to review, which we got from Camping Stuff. So video tonight and then this Friday, van build. It's the fitting of the roof rails and crossbars. And believe me when I say not all goes to plan. That's this Friday, youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me, our camping vlog. But in about 10 minutes or definitely from 8 to 8.30 this evening, this video is going because we're about to chat about the Dynasty gas heater from CampingStuff.ie, Chris. Yeah, we mentioned last week that they sent us out some products to uh, to use and review and try out. Uh, one of those is the Dynasty gas heater. Let me just read a little bit of information from them before we chat. So um, this is available, as we said, at CampingStuff.ie. The price on that is $39.95 at the moment. And um, the description, so it's a portable gas heater and it's um, it, it uses 150 grams of gas per hour um, and it's got a continuous burn time of one hour, 30 minutes per those um, 227 gram cartridges. So those are the um, like the, the water bottle size uh, gas cartridges yeah, that go into them. Yeah. Isn't so, that uh, the same gas cartridge that goes into your cooker? They're a standard cartridge, aren't they? The bayonet cartridge. And they do yeah, the fires and cookers and one ring cookers and stuff like that. Yeah, they're the same ones that go into the, uh, the those briefcase ones that we use yeah. all the time when we're uh, cooking out and about. And, you know, it's it's, it's a great little heater. Um, we've used that one when we were uh, uh, outside in uh, your patio as well, Aaron, a few weeks ago. We, we tried it out there and it was quite a cold evening. And it's kind of like, I suppose it's a small gas heater. It's probably more useful for... I would say two or three people that are kind of sitting outside yeah. in, in an open awning or somewhere where you've got, you know, I would say you'd want to be probably have your back to a hedge or a wall or somewhere. Yes, yeah, in a shade. And decent bit of heat out of it. How do you find them? I found, as I said, the video goes live. It should be possibly live now while you're listening to this. Um, I found it good. What I like about the video reviews, now they've sent us a lot of products. Some we'll be able to do video reviews on, some we won't be able to. But what I like about this is, I opened the box, so you see me open it fresh, so you see what I see, and you'll see the pitfalls that I saw, um, that I came across. But as you say, we use it, we had a party here in the house a couple of weeks back, and while we were waiting for the fire to light out in the decking, Chris said, oh, let's bring out the fire, and it was pretty good. Now, what I like about it is, there's also a controllable flame, so you, you don't have to have it on full, you can turn it down a little bit, hence making the gas last that little bit longer. 
Uh, it's lightweight. It's very, very durable. It's a good make, good quality. I gave it a good shake. I gave it a bit of a beating and, you know, it stood up to it. So as yeah, I say, the, the video is live now on youtube.com forward slash Charlie and me camping vlog. So you okay. can see the product we're talking about. Actually, a good tip, Aaron, about uh, those gas fires as well. And the same generally would apply uh, if you're using the cooker um, in colder weather. If it's extremely colder, you know, I would say, say, under under 10 degrees, those gas bottles themselves, not the fur, but the gas bottles that you use tend to get extra cold. And once they yeah. get to a certain temperature, the bottle itself starts to freeze on the outside which reduces the performance of the gas. So what we do when we're using the, uh, the fire like that is we actually have two gas bottles. So when the flame starts to flicker, when that gas bottle gets too cold, we pop it out and put in another one. And then you'll get another, I would say, probably about a half an hour before that one gets too cold to flicker. So you can actually rotate them in. But, you know, I wouldn't recommend using them when it starts to flicker like that because the gas bottle is actually too cold. But if you have two of them on the go, you can actually run that fire in in, in very cold weather. Now, I have to stress, and I can't stress how important, do not use these fires indoors. They are absolutely yeah. only for outdoors. Uh, carbon monoxide is a possible issue, you know, if you're uh, using something like this. And not only that, but, you know, you can create a lot of condensation inside your van, which you don't want. Yeah, again, I have that on the video. It flashes up a few times during the video, not for indoor use. I will say, and again, you'll see it on the video, when I took it out of the box, I did mention that uh, it's good, it's lightweight, it's very well put together. I found it top heavy on the front when I put it on my bench. And again, you'll see it in the video. I found that it, it could be very easy to topple over. And then I realized, hey, stupid, read the instructions. There's actually two legs on the front that you flick down. So when you take it out of the box, flick down the two plastic legs. And believe me, that fire is going nowhere before you insert the gas. And the gas is typical. It's bained in. Again, you'll see it all on the video. But for $39.95, and the gas normally comes in four packs. I think the guys do the gas for, for $19.95 or thereabouts, a four pack of gas. And you can use them in these fires, the Dynasty fire we're talking about, those little single ring gas cookers, or even actually the double ring gas cookers. So, you know, you're not just going to be buying four tins of this gas just for this Dynasty gas heater. But they're available at campingstuff.ie and we really appreciate the guys uh, sending the stuff out to us to, to review. A lot of stuff coming up over the next couple of podcasts. But now, log on after the podcast to youtube.com forward slash Charlie Amir Camping Vlog and watch a video. It's only about eight minutes. Watch the video of the fire we've just told you about. Yeah, absolutely. And just to update you, you can get um, those gas canisters from campingstuff.ie um, they have the camping gas version for twelve ninety five, and there's another premium brand for nine ninety five for the four packs as well. So, you know, two fifty gas bottle. That's well worth it. So, look, thanks to the guys for sending out those products. Uh, you know, uh, we really appreciate it. It, it gives us a uh, great content as well to share with um with, with you guys listening to the listening to the, the podcast. And we will have another product to review in two weeks' time because, as you know, the podcasts are every two weeks until the new year. Tips and camping hacks. What have we got, Chris? Okay, so I read this uh, online on some uh, some chat forum. I think it was a UK-based one. 
uh, during the week. It was actually from quite a, a, an older post. And of course, I should have made note of it, but I, I, I didn't. <laughs> but um, someone said, if you're out on the road uh, in your motorhome or caravan or, or what have you, and you arrive on a campsite and you find loads of dead bugs in general, travel dirt on your van but you don't have your caravan or, or motorhome cleaner with you baby wipes are really good for getting rid of the bugs and that and you know most baby wipes are generally um non-toxic and won't cause any damage to your van so you know if you get to the front of your van or a caravan with a baby wipe shortly after arriving you should have your van spick and span without having to go through a, a full clean. Yeah, I find that the baby wipes are good as well on the mirrors, not on the glass, but for, for brightening up the plastic. I know we did have a product um, sometime during the summer that we used, but baby wipes, again, when you're wiping off the, the flies and grime on your windscreen and around the, the front of the van, give the, 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 the plastic on the mirrors a good wipe with them as well. And they are, they're, they're quite gentle. If they're gentle on your bum, they're going to be gentle on your van. Yeah, I use them quite a lot for different jobs and stuff around the house as well. I just find them dead handy. They're always they're always really useful to have around. And we mentioned a few weeks back as well the um, the drying sheets are also very good for the the same you know the the same types of scuffs uh, and marks and that. So look, we're trying to build up the uh, tips and camping hacks for the next few uh, podcasts. So we're going to put a shout out now to you guys. Have you got any tips and tricks for for cleaning or for maintaining your camper van? Um, we'd love to share your tips and tips and tri- tricks with the listeners. Yeah, we'll give you the contact details in a couple of minutes. Things to do while not camping, apart from dream about camping and watching the videos on Charlie and me, our camping vlog on YouTube. Yeah, I think we've kind of we've we've talked about this to death, Darren. But I think it's really important to. To, to keep uh, saying it to people, especially this time of year, you know, if your van is going to be parked up with your motorhome, campervan or caravan, you know, don't forget to keep it aired out. Um, you know, if you're around for an afternoon working out, out the back or the side of the house, you know, open the windows, get it aired out and run a, a dehumidifier. You know, I think they also recommend kind of flipping up the cushions or removing the cushions and things like that. Open all the, the cupboards and stuff. So I think it's worth saying that again, just so everything will be good to go and um, properly maintained for uh, early spring when we we'll get off going camping again. Yeah, I was out in the yard working on the Overlander during the week and I actually started up the B-Ball and I started up the Heimer and I turned on the gas heating in the Heimer and the diesel heater on. I left them run for about an hour just to, to heat up the vans while I was working there. And then I brought both of them for a quick spin before I parked them up again. And did you have a, a trick at your bowl of salt or something to help soak up moisture as well? No, I'll tell you this. There's, I share my shed with two other with two other camper vans. And one of them has a tray of cat litter in the van, up the front and up the back. And the lady was actually only out yesterday checking the cat litter and it was doing a good job. Now, we're lucky that we're inside but one of them down the back was a little bit, um, she, she changed that one and didn't change the one up the front. Now, why? Because it's a Mercedes Sprinter. Why the back would be damper than the front, I don't know. But they weren't even damp, Chris, because as I say, we're indoor. It was just more cold than anything. Oh, very good. Nice little tip there. So they're the kind of tips we're after, guys. If you've anything you'd like to, to share the stuff, that would be great. Now, camping life to finish up today's podcast. And you have a tip because this is experience. Um, yeah, I, I don't have storage yet for the motorhome. So ours is parked at the side of the house. And the way 
the way the house is situated, it's hard to get a lean-to to cover it over as well because it actually kind of drops down away from the house at the side a little bit. So what I did is I bought a Fiamma motorhome cover top. So basically what it is, is like a motorhome cover, but it doesn't cover the whole motorhome. It covers the top and a little bit of the, the sides and, and the front and back. So that arrived a few weeks ago. I put it on the van and delighted with myself that, you know, the top of the motorhome is covered from majority of the, mm-hmm. the wear and tear and rain from the weather and that, you know, and hopefully protect some of the seals. So Friday, I was letting the, the two dogs out the back Friday afternoon. I'm working from home at the moment and letting the dogs at the back. And you might remember it was quite windy on Friday. Well, um, <laughs> I certainly got some shock when I walked out the back door and the um, uh, cover like top was up in the air. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, half of the bungees had come loose and it looks like it was about to go and become a cover top for one of the neighbor's house. If oh, I hadn't no. managed to catch it on time, it was there was one bungee holding it on. Even it was a major struggle to try uh, and to try and catch it, get it to come down because it's 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 a, it's a massive. Think of it like a big, huge, heavy blanket. Trying to get that and fold it up in the wind and that, and it was yeah. bitter cold wind as well. It was that northern wind. You didn't want to be there. So I was like a snowman going back into the house uh, after. So, so I what's the how? What's the fix? How do you do? You stop I using just, it? No, no, I, I'm definitely going to use it. I just need to find a a more secure way of tying it on and keeping it on so it's not flapping and, and that it's it was just down to my own inexperience really uh, maybe there's some listeners that have some good tips for for using those and tying them down i'm kind of reluctant obviously to clip the bungees onto the bodywork i'm mm-hmm. i was trying to clip it on underneath to the the frame of the van for more yeah. security but you know i suppose some of the bungees are, are cheap and maybe that's the problem maybe i need to use some sort of straps as opposed to bungees you know where the so Straps won't have as much give in them as a bungee would have. When you buy this cover top, and as I say, it's not a full cover. It's just to cover the the, the roof and come down, we'll say, let's say, six, eight inches all around. Does it come with bungees? No, no, it just has the eyelets. You have to get your own bungee. And how strong are those eyelets? That would be my next question. For example, if you put, let's just say, a piece of rope, and then you put the rope out into the garden onto a block, it's there's no fear of it catching the wind and tearing out those eyelets. Are they good quality eyelets? They're very good quality, and okay. you know the Fiamma kind of tend to to, to make good products. Mm-hmm. You know, will they tear? Eventually, I'd say they would, but they are strong. Like even with all the the flapping, none of the eyelets were damaged. It was just right. the bungees were kind of cheap, so they kind of had bent a little bit and sprung loose. Luckily, nobody was walking past and didn't got the right taken out. So when it's, they, it's a they, rope they, job more than a bungee job, possibly. I think so as well. But I yeah. think also it's actually finding the right way of folding it. Because it's not like a camper van shaped, it's a square, so you have to kind of yeah. fold it and tuck in some of the sides. So I need to work out a better way of folding it. And look, it's only a temporary solution until I, I, I get some indoor storage organised. Unforeseen side effects of having a motorhome cover top. Have you any? Please do let us know. Anything that we've chatted about, have you any positive news stories about camping facilities possibly opening up in your region or your area? Have you any tips or hacks? Have you a product you'd like to review? We would love to hear from you because your content, like David's email that came in there, we really do need your content to fill the show. To do that, you need to get in touch with us. Remember, we still have stickers for your motorhome, your campervan, your caravan or your car. They're free. They always will be. We need your name, your address and your postcode and we 
you'll get them in the post to ASAP right across the festive season as well. But you have to get in touch with us and Chris has the contact details. Yes, our webpage as usual is thecampingcrew.ie. You can find us on email. Our email is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. You'll find us on Twitter. We're at The Camping Crew. Instagram, we're The Camping Crew Podcast. Facebook, you'll find us in all the good motorhome and camping groups. Um, Forum-wise, uh, for chatting, you'll find us at motorhomecrack.com or boards.ie. And of course, we've got campsitereview.com. We've got a forum that is free and always will be. There's quite a lot of activity going on there at the moment. And again, immediately now, it's possibly live now. We've got the video review of the Dynasty Gas Heater from campingstuff.ie. And then every Friday, a new vlog on Charlie and Mia Camping Vlog on YouTube.com. That is it. Thank you for joining us. Please do remember we're back again in two weeks, just until the uh, festive season and the winter season is over. Then we get back to every Wednesday. But we need your products and your reviews and your intake, your input. So from me, Aaron Birchall, stay safe. And I'm going to say it because today is December 1st. Have a happy Christmas. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for me, Chris. And we hope you're liking the podcast. If you are, please share and subscribe and tell all your camping friends about us. Well, that's it for another podcast from The Camping Crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping. Mm -hmm.